LaMelo Ball returns to the court. How good was he last night in their win against the Chicago Bulls? And Mason Plumley, a perfect player. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. You're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast this episode is brought to you by linkedin today's episode brought to you by linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and even faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba i'm walker mail catch me on wfnz from 12 to 3 92 7 fm and that's doug branson standing up bringing the energy every single show every hornetsboxscore.com that's where you can find a sub stack and doug bringing the energy man we're gonna have to for Mason Plumley going perfect from the field. How about Mark Williams? Perfect from the field. Our centers are perfect. Okay. Like I didn't realize that that was a point of strength for this team, but that's just how it is. We have the best centers in the league. Well, it's how it is when you have Lamelo. I mean, just, he, he made some incredible passes in this game in his first game back that the shooting wasn't there, but the passing was crisp. And then these bigs, yeah, they're finishing well. And Mark Williams, I know we're going to, we're going to talk about Mason Plumley later in this show, but just really quickly on Mark Williams, he does not know how to dunk softly. I don't even know if he oh, knows yeah. how to lay it up. All he knows how to do at this point is throw throw down the Daryl Dawkins yams. It's crazy. <laughs> well, even the layup that he hit a couple of nights ago when he got fouled, that was a physical layup that he hit. So Mark Williams impressing. Once again, he is the joy for the Charlotte Hornets this season. And LaMelo Ball usually is when he's on the court, but he's been hurt so much. And yeah. that's where we'll lead, Doug, because... Interesting game from LaMelo. Not a good shooting night by any stretch of the imagination. He was way off in this return. Two of 15 from the field, two mm -hmm. of 11 from three-point range, and only scored 15 points. I say only because LaMelo is used to scoring more than that, especially this year. But the interesting stat here, 9 of 10, 10 free throw Ooh. attempts, shot 90% from the free throw line. We love that. We love the 11 rebounds. We love the eight assists. So LaMelo despite not shooting well at all. I mean, it was it was an atrocious shooting night for LaMelo. That's just how it is. But did hit a big shot late and also was getting to the foul line. What did you think of LaMelo Ball and his performance last night? Walker, there is only one word that I would use to describe LaMelo Ball's performance last night, and it is toughness. And and he we've we've talked a lot about Lamelo's skill level. It's super high. His finesse level super high. His ability to extend defenses with deep three point shooting very high. But a lot of that stuff I wouldn't qualify as 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 toughness. It's just high skill. What he displayed last night was a level of toughness and a level of maturity that I don't think I've you know I don't think I've seen in his entire career here in Charlotte. He took it to another level last night, and he helped get this team a much-needed win for, for just their whole morale because they have been beleaguered by these injuries. You mentioned he gets 15 points, only makes the two field goals, 9 of 10 from the line, and the period in which he was getting to the line over and over was that critical moment in the fourth quarter when they were building the lead that they would sustain uh, through the fourth quarter and get the win. And then on the 11 rebounds, a few of those were just tough defensive rebounds through contact rebounds that they have not been getting this season defensive rebounds you know when 
LaMelo typically racks up those big rebound numbers, Walker. A lot of it is on offensive, put, you know, offensive rebounds, putbacks, where he can sort of dive into the lane and get there before anybody else. That was not what was going on here. These were tough defensive rebounds that, that he was uh, getting. And then, again, eight assists. The passes were crisp. He was making other players better. He And Walker, defense. He was, he was guarding uh, DeMar DeRozan. Once again, LaMelo, when he gets switched on to like the better players in this league, we saw it against Jason Tatum when they played the Celtics in the, in the last time. He's, he's a really good defender when he puts his mind to it, and he did so on two possessions late against DeMar DeRozan. It was the full package from LaMelo last night. I was super impressed. Yeah, and look, you know, when you miss 13 shots, not helpful. But you get to the fourth quarter, and this is his fourth quarter stat line. I mean, even even with us praising him for playing a good floor game and especially getting to the foul line, he's the only guy to play the entire fourth quarter for the Charlotte Hornets, the only one that played every single second. And then you look at seven of eight from the free throw line, got to the foul line eight different times, made seven of them, only hit the one field goal, so still missing shots because that was the theme of the night for him, but did hit a three at the six-minute mark. You know, that was big, especially when you're talking about a victory against Chicago. Six rebounds in the fourth quarter for LaMelo. He had six of them. So only one foul, defending without fouling, which Steve Clifford loves. We love it, right? We love the not fouling of LaMelo ball anytime that can show up because it has been infrequent this season. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, here we are with LaMelo just having a poor shooting night, and yet it just feels like a grown-up game from him. It feels like, all right, it's winning time. I need to make the plays in order to win. And this is me coming back from this injury where he clearly is still bothered. Clearly. Yeah. And I, I'm with you, man. Like it was, it was, that was a, it was like a proud fan moment watching LaMelo come back. And of course he's fun. We all know how entertaining LaMelo is, but it's almost like you were proud watching LaMelo. Like, thank you. A very, a very appreciative night from the fans watching LaMelo. That's how I took it. It felt like a turning point. Like if we get this kind of LaMelo moving forward, you know, whether it's the remainder of this season, however long he plays this season, but into next season, it feels like a game that I I will look back on. If he does do some of these things, like get to the free throw line more, uh, you know, I, I think this is a game that I can look back on and say it was a turning point. I think he would have had one more three. Uh, I don't know if you saw this play, Walker, but five ten left in the fourth quarter. He was clapping furious, furiously, like it, it got picked up on the microphones in the corner. JT Thor <laughs> wanting to make Thor to make one more pass instead. Thor pulls up and clanks the three, and like Lamelo just hung his head in the corner, like, "Come on, my guy, I need one shot here. I need something to go in." He and that was after he finally he got his second three in that fourth quarter too. It was after that, so he he was starting to feel the groove, and Thor. Unfortunately, um, didn't see him and and didn't and didn't feed him. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. A lot of the misses were short, and he was. I mean, there were so many cutaways in that game showing him messing with the wrist, which we've seen a lot of, and now we know that the wrist is bothering him again, the right wrist. And then he was messing with his elbow too. I mean, I just think that right, that whole right arm is not right, if you will. And it, it's, is it's it probably. Left? I it... I thought. Well, he was messing. I thought he was messing with the. He was messing with the right wrist. No, that was no, that was the, <laughs> that was wait. a joke. You said it's not right, which means and it can you, only be left. And then that you was, said, and then yeah. okay, so gotcha. uh, I'm I'm concerned about it 
But he, you know, there were several cutaways when players would look at him and say, you know, you okay? And he would he would say, yeah, I'm fine. So I'm concerned about it. But look, if he, if he wants to play, I don't know how you're going to argue with him at this point. Uh, but, you know, hopefully the well, shooting comes back and it's not being affected by that. I mean, yeah, I could argue with him pretty well, to be honest with you. Like, just to protect him. I'm, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This is the thing. We, we've talked about this, you know. I mean, you got to win. And it's phenomenal to to be a fan of a team and pull for the team to win. And LaMelo comes back and they get the victory. And then you look at the standings like, oh, don't don't get out of the bottom four because at, at this point you, you still want Wimby. And so plus the LaMelo thing, I, I will say this just real quickly as we end the LaMelo conversation, like LaMelo coming back, it was it was definitely quicker than I expected after the initial injury. I mean, he'd been questionable for the last couple of games, so we had some cushion to be ready for this. But I didn't expect him to be back this soon. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if a play if a star player comes to you and says, "I'm good, I want to play," and the the doctors clear him medically, then I just don't. I, to me, what would be more concerning if is if Lamelo was sort of on the fringe of could play, couldn't play, and said, "Nah," like he ha- he's showing a level well, he of has. competitive. Right. I mean, he's showing a level of competitiveness that I don't know is is not. I I don't think should be taken for granted. I'll say that I'll get on the Richard Jefferson bandwagon and say that, you know, there's a level of competitiveness among NBA stars that, that I don't think should be taken for granted. So when LaMelo says, Hey, I I don't care what the record says. I want to come back and help my team win. And then he plays like that, like he did against Chicago. Then, Hey, I'm here for it. yeah, I mean, but the, the, okay, so great, right? Like now I almost want him to back off the aggression so we don't ruin the right arm anymore. But you, you're right. Like now you, that that's a tricky predicament to be in because it's it's okay. Now we're, we're going to get more contact and it's 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 all fun. It's great until he gets slapped when he gets to the paint because he does a smart basketball play and then re-injures something. And then you're talking about a star playing in games where you're not going to get into the play-in. So there, there are some levels to this and trying to figure out, okay, LaMelo, awesome. We love it. Maybe we need to fix you and, and save you from yourself, I should say. But you're right. Like, it was still, as far as the mentality you want from your star player, LaMelo bringing that, it's phenomenal. And so it was really cool to see um, him last night, despite not having the shooting performance you might have wanted. We're going to talk about LaMelo a little bit later on, too, because there was an article written in The Athletic by Kelly Eco. We had a chance to talk with him on WFNZ. So we'll get to that later on. Coming up next, though. On the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. It's time to dedicate a segment to Mason Plumley in a positive way. Not only Mason, maybe a little bit of Mark, just a little taste of Mark, but it's all going to be about Mason Paul a Plumley. Smidge. A smidge, a smidge of, of Mark. Mark. But Mason, whew, Shaq, Larry Bird. We'll get to you in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, the values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools and identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs by connecting with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to and even faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. 
to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Mason Plumley, Plum Dog, coming up next. Lockdown Hornets. Doug Mason Plumley against the Chicago Bulls last night went nine of nine from the field. He scored 21 points and he grabbed 12 rebounds. If you look at what Mason Plumley has done the entire month of January, it's been absolutely ridiculous. And I look, I'm not, I don't want that word to lose meaning. I, I, I am using that in a very genuine sense. The dude is shooting 77% from the field in the month of January. We just saw him go 100 on nine attempts last night. He's averaging 17 points per game. He's given you over 11 rebounds per game, even over three assists. Four, four, five are the assist totals that he's reached the last three. Zach Lowe was talking about Mason Plumley on his podcast with Bobby Marks on Tuesday. And, and Zach was talking about how much he hates watching Mason Plumley play. This is him talking about it, wrestling in his mind. He says, I hate it. I can't stand it. And then you go to the box score, and the dude's averaging 16 and 12. That number's only gone up, Doug, on better efficiency. It's it's pretty insane considering where we were last year with Mason Plumley. But what 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 else can you say? The the guy the guy's incredible right now and kudos to what Mason Plumley has done. A breakout year at age 32. Mm-hmm. Nice job, Mason. I mean, we are reaping the benefits of it here in Charlotte. Yeah, let's zoom out a little bit and talk about this game and a- as it relates to what we're seeing from both Mark Williams and uh, Mason Plumley, and and the zoom out is this: the Hornets aren't shooting the basketball very well. Uh, even even getting Lamelo back, we talked about the shooting struggles in the first segment. Getting Gordon back, the 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 three point shooting is in the toilet right now. And despite that, they've won three out of their last four games. And that game against Chicago, Chicago didn't like sh- to shoot threes either, and they weren't really hitting well. So this was like a sort of classic '90s battle. And the, the score is higher than it was in the 90s because the pace is higher, because they're just getting more possessions. But everything was happening at the rim. And th- the, what's been amazing is that the Hornets, I think as a team, have actually had to rely on their centers more because they've had to generate some easier offense at the rim, both from the putback perspective, the offensive rebound perspective, but also just feeding them the basketball and asking them to go make plays. I mean, Mason is making plays. Mark Williams getting good seals, making plays, turnaround, jam. I mean, they're doing things that you're like, wow, okay, you know, I didn't, you know, sort of the 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 Shaq meme of like, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't know that was in your game. I mean, Mason Plumley, the dagger shot in the fourth quarter that put the put the Bulls to bed was a lefty step back after multiple dribble moves. So off the dribble, lefty jumper from Mason Plumley. It was incredible. The bench reaction, like Kelly, I love that Kelly Oubre stepped up like it was going in. Like before it ever left Mason's hands, Tsunami Poppy was saying, nope, this is a guarantee. There's a lot of faith that this team has in Mason Plumley. And look, it's really cool to see. And I hope they get great trade value for him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, of course. The 100%. It has to end there. That is the dismount of any good Mason Plumley take. It is the fact that you hope you get great value and that you don't keep Mason Plumley. You're, you're talking about the fan reactions. Uh, we've seen Wob put this out there on Twitter, all the bench reactions when we've seen Mason Plumley hit the left-handed jumper. What's funny is they were zooming in at the end of the game and they were showing highlights. And after Mason gets crunk after the shot, so he hits it, he actually talks trash which I love how that is flipped, okay? 
first you have Mason Plumley not getting clowned, but getting laughed at even after a made jump shot because he's taking yep. it with his left hand. But now he's hitting it with his left hand, and then he's looking at the bench and getting himself crunk. So then he goes back down the other end of the floor. LaMelo is right behind him, and LaMelo is hysterical. He is laughing. He is saying, yeah, Mason, just this is what he does now. Terry Rozier said he works on it every day. I'm glad to see him hitting it. And then said, you know, he's really proud of the work that he's put in. It, it's It's been a fun story. Yeah, well, and Eric and Dell made a, a a nice point that if the Hornets' wins were better, you know, if they if they had more wins in the month of January, then Mason would get some consideration for Player of the Month, and the, because of the stat, the stats are overwhelming. But and but that's the rub, right? Is that would the stats be that overwhelming if the Hornets were winning basketball games? I think that Mason Plumley exists in a little bit of a paradox. And I don't want to take away the work that he's put in. He's obviously put in an immense amount of work to improve not only the shot, but I think importantly, and this is what Steve Clifford pointed out in the post game, he's put a lot of work into the free throw shot. And and if you're confident about your ability to hit free throws as a big man, it's going to inspire confidence in, in the rest of your game. Because Clifford said he looked at the tape from last season and he saw Mason Plumley, who was hitting free throws at an historically bad level. Like it was legitimately hurting that team last season. Oh, yeah. And and he wasn't looking for contact and making it a lot harder for Mason Plumley to be effective offensively when he wasn't even he he wasn't going near the rim because he was afraid he was going to get hit and then embarrass himself further at the free throw line. He doesn't feel that anyway anymore, that way anymore. And he's hitting free throws. And it's been amazing. And it makes you wonder, Walker, if this had been the level of Mason Plumley play last season, I don't even know if they uh, would have been in the play in. Like I think you could have you could have envisioned a scenario. I think NBA champion for sure. Yeah. yeah. For first finals trophy for LaMelo. Absolutely. No, but seriously, they would have at least gotten a home game in the play in. <laughs> he would have been a lot better. I mean, it would it would not have made the center position as bad as it was, right? And and Mark Williams mm-hmm. is still the answer of the future. It's why we're still landing on try to get as much value as you can in return for the 32-year-old breakout star that is Mason. And the Mason story real quickly. Excuse me. God, I got choked up talking about Mason. It's exciting. Mm. And Mark Williams. Goodness gracious. It's a joyous podcast. No, so it was a joke between me and my girlfriend when we would watch the Hornets games. I would always say, yeah, the, the center position, it's it's not very good. You know, and I was a fan of Montrez Harrell, and I was ta- I was talking about how offense Montrez Harrell would come in and he would help. And then as soon as I would say that, it was, I mean, it felt like at least, you know, five, five times that this had, had been talked about. And every time I said that, Mason Plumley would come in and get a reverse jam. I mean, it happened every time. And she was like, why is he not the best player on the team? Every time you talk about it, we watch Mason, and then he reverse jams it. And so this year... It's happening on a more frequent level. And so we do the pregame, me and Willie P on WFNZ just a couple of nights ago. And Willie P has had the same type of conversations. Plus his his soon-to-be wife, big shout to Willie P getting married this weekend. So his soon-to-be wife actually is from Indiana and likes Mason Plumley too. So Mason has become Mr. Steel Yo Girl. Like that's what Mason Plumley <laughs> is right now. And so he's playing like it. He knows it. He's shouting at the bench when he's making lefty jumpers. And there's just nothing you can do to stop this man. Well, the lefty jumpers are rare, uh, but they're beautiful, but they're rare. But you don't but get he's to nine them of, when he takes them. It's yeah, he's, no doubt. I mean, but they're just they're rare. But you don't get to nine of nine from the field by just 
hitting the the rare lefty jumper and then again all putbacks or all you know reverse jams. He's do he's drop stepping. He's hitting hooks. He's looking he's looking for post up opportunities and he's converting them. I mean we've we this is a team that has been through a Dwight Howard era that when that guy looked for post ups it didn't turn out well. When you tried to pass it to Biz Biz in the pick and roll. God oh, love yeah. him. We love Biombo. But when you try to pass it to him in the pick and roll, bad things were going to happen. We're going through a little stretch here where when the ball hits Mason Plumley's hands, you don't feel that way right now. And I hope other teams are watching and I hope they start to feel that way and the Hornets, you know, can get good value for him. You said the magic words. Is this podcast going to host a podcast 7 years from now and say that Mason Plumley had a little stretch? Is is this going to be his little stretch? It feels a little stretchy, Doug. I don't think you could have said that earlier. Well, it depends on the next couple of seasons, right? Because the, the the idea behind having a little stretch is that you do have consecutive seasons of play in which, you know, and so last season broke that up. Because if you remember, like the season that he had with Detroit before coming to Charlotte, like he had a triple-double and the stats were looking good. Like they thought when they were acquiring Mason Plumley, <laughs> they didn't think they were like completely solving the center position, but they thought they were going to get some good value with a player that was on on the come-up, that, that would improve, that had not totally figured it all out yet, and then had that huge regression last season. And so I think that's, you know, now if he does this for the Hornets or for another team for the next couple of seasons, yeah, then I'll, I'll say a little stretch. But it's tough because that last season, you know, somebody commented on our on our Twitter feed that was like, oh, you know, everybody was talking junk about Mason Plumley, and now all of, all of a sudden we're heaping praise on him. It's like, yeah, this isn't hard yeah. to figure out. He's playing a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only. That's how it works. Why, why, why are they doing this? It doesn't make any sense. He's playing better and they're praising him. They weren't doing that when he was playing awful. I don't get it. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets <laughs> podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll give you some of the finishing observations, and we will tell you what we learned this week. Uh, this week at the end of the uh, at the end of the show, the last segment of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. Conference championship weekend ahead. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers can join today to get. Started started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay all on the app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. So football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. One more segment to go on Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. Mitch Kupchak, will he do the thing that he has not done in season? This anything. Time? The thing that he has not done it is anything. It always comes back to do something. <laughs> Just do, do one thing. You need to get a stick from outside and become the meme <laughs> in person because that it always comes back to do something do something (laughs) it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast
All right, Doug, final observations. If you wanted to go to the notebook just a little bit that people can catch on your Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, before I had a chance, I was not looking at the big hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the tabs, and then I exit I was tab. waiting. I, was wa- I knew you were I looking know. at the tabs, and everyone you listening or watching is going to know you were yeah. looking at the tabs uh, because... I came back from the break. You can't see me for people that don't sort of know the behind the scenes. Walker cannot see me during the breaks. And so we come back from the break and I've got the big dub hat on a tradition on this show. Uh, For those listening, maybe that have never watched it on YouTube. What are you waiting on? Go to YouTube.com or have just seen it this year or or, I've only seen the show. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Because like, has, have I even worn it? Yeah, I think I did after the, the golden state win. I think I may have put it on. Uh, early in the season, it. maybe one time. But yeah, the big dub hat hasn't gotten pulled out very much this season, uh, but it is a B costume hat with a paper W that I cut out. Arts and crafts! <laughs> and uh, paste it on the front of it. So yeah, big dub hat. I don't know if I'm going to get going to get to wear it again. Maybe at the trade deadline, if they make a big trade, I'll throw it on. <laughs> maybe I'll turn the W upside down for Mitch if he actually does something. It'll be the big Mitch hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yes, that's perfect. Yes, <laughs> right now it's W for Wumbo. If you know the SpongeBob joke, probably or not. Wimby. That was bad. Um, Wimby had the big Wimby hat. I'm telling you what, you better Ooh. not take that off all year long if it's the Wimby hat. If they get the number I'm, one pick, I yeah, exactly. I'll just wear this. I I will glue this to my head. I will literally yeah. super glue it to my head if they get Wimby. And, and I'm telling you, that means that you can't wear it because we don't want any more big wins. We want all of the loses, the losses, the losses, the, the no victories at all. That's what we want. No big wins anymore. So we can have that be the big Wimby hat. All right. Final observations here. Um, Mark Williams also going perfect. So the centers, they went 14 of 14 in this game. And Mark Williams goes five of five. We talked about him slamming at home. I, I was calling a Queens game last night. So then I get in the car and have to catch up later and I watch Mark Williams or I, excuse me, I hear Sam Farber. Just all he's doing is just calling Mark Williams play after play after play, slamming it. And and Sam's getting excited watching them just slam it on home. So I, I, I get in the car. I hear about the domination of Mark Williams. And then I see the, not the, the domination from Mason Plumley. It was incredible. Yeah. Look, Mark, I'm going to say the same thing about Mark Williams that I've been saying all season with him. Like offensively, he's looked better and better. Defensively, he makes an impact in terms of his ability to block shots and run guards out of the lane. Rebounding needs a ton of work, including in this game. There were several opportunities for defensive rebounds that I thought he missed. I know they're looking at it, you know, on the tape. They're they're working on it. He's got to improve on it if he wants to really cement his role next season as the starting center. But I think his ability to sit for a game and then come back and play this well is really a testament to the work that he's put in. (laughs) Terry joked after the game that he's looking a lot more athletic than he did at the beginning of the season. I don't really know what that means other than, you know, he's just giving him props. And, you know, so I think there is still – people are going to get mad about this, and I get it, but I think there's still an argument to get Nick Richards a little bit more run. It's why I hope they make a move for Mason at the lo- at the deadline because I think Mason playing at this level actually deserves to go play on a team that has some legitimate hopes of doing something in the playoffs, but also mm-hmm. because I feel like they need to open up some room so that you can allow both of these guys to play and not have to make 
any sacrifices. The other thing from the notebook uh, is that Terry Rozier, we have to mention him. He was the points leader. He wasn't the biggest story, uh, but he had a huge fourth quarter. But more importantly, this this game, I didn't think they were going to win this game, especially after the first half. They weren't shooting the basketball well. They got off to a good start, but then went cold from the three point line, and things look a little bit looked a little bit lost. And then Terry Rozier in that third quarter, they first credited him with five steals, and I think they took one away after the final box score came out. But four steals in that third quarter used defense to generate offense, got the Hornets back into the game. And then that fourth quarter, big for LaMelo and Terry, who hit one of those patented uh, left corner faders where he, where he shuffles the feet to get to get open to create some space. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it. I'm, I'm just ready for the, the team there to steal it. But I'm calling it the scary shuffle. And, and I'll miss it when they trade him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And hopefully people love the scary shuffle. Last thing, Gordon Hayward thought nice game last night, you know, not in 25 minutes. Um, not a ton, right? I mean, only 25 for Gordon, which, you know, the lowest, uh, minute total of any starter in this game, but does go six of 10 from the field only missed one shot inside the three point arc did go of three from three point land. But also as we're talking about just aggressiveness, we, we, we got a lot of free throws in this game. You know, Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. went to the foul line, shot five times, LaMelo ball shot 10, Terry Rozier shot eight. So you're, you're talking about guys that are getting fouled and going to the line and, and helping you from, uh, from the charity strike. Well, also, you get LaMelo and Gordon back, and hey, all of a sudden, magically, you win the bench points battle for the first time. I don't know. I don't really know how long it's been, but I'll <laughs> I'll venture to say it's been a while since the Charlotte Hornets have won a bench battle in terms of points scored. But yeah, I mean, you shift some guys down finally, and you get some bench production from Jalen McDaniels. So yeah, it's it, having those guys makes a difference. It makes it easier, and it allows you to have a player like LaMelo go two of 15 from the field and still win a basketball game handily because you don't need all five starters to play perfectly when you when you have something to lead on from your bench. All right, let's go to what did we learn this week? I'll go first. I'll save mm-hmm. you for last, Doug. I, I did have the interview uh, with Kelly Eco, who wrote the athletic or wrote a piece about LaMelo Ball on The Athletic, and I had a chance to talk with him yesterday on WFNZ. We put that out on WFNZ.com. And I thought it was an interesting article from, you know, about LaMelo. And some of it is stuff that you've already heard before, talking about how much he loves the attention, about how he's got this great personality. There were some fun stories in there about how he lost to an assistant coach, nicknamed Money, by the way. I don't know who that is. So we need to have an investigation on who is referring to Money on the coaching staff. Maybe, maybe. But he beat LaMelo Ball in a game of knockout and then LaMelo had to get a win and, and a three point shootout. Interesting part about that article though, for me and what did I learn this week is that LaMelo ball, Steve Clifford are close. That relationship is genuine. And we heard about it at the beginning of the season before they really started to play any regular season games because it was a big storyline leading into it. What are your first impressions? What is the difference between Steve Clifford and James Borrego? How would you feel if this is the type of offense now attached to you as the lead guard? And LaMelo mm-hmm. did pretty much the the professional thing and said that, yeah, w- Steve Clifford's been great, you know, yada, yada. But you can only take so much of that, you know, w- with any sense of truth because you just hadn't had all that much experience at that point. We hadn't had any games played. You know, we hadn't we hadn't gone through this type of adversity, so to speak, right. throughout the regular season. And now here they are. They are destined 
to be a you know a lottery team. We'll we'll see just how deep into the lottery, but they're destined to be a lottery squad. Lamelo has been in and out with injuries constantly, and Kelly Eco when he said he talked to Lamelo about Steve Clifford, he said quote he lit up and he he lit up with joy talking about Steve Clifford, like how much he loved watching film with them about how he said he's a quote great coach. I, Doug, I I think. I, I take value in that more than I did at the beginning of the season because you could see how players don't want to ruffle any feathers. You want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Hey, Steve Clifford, he's he's been a great guy. He's really made an effort to get to know me and build a relationship, and I respect that. But yep. here we are 50 games into the year with all of the problems that they've suffered, and LaMelo, it's yep. only grown. He's only lit up even more. I think that matters, and that's pretty interesting to me. So I'm going to give you what I like about all that I'm hearing in that article, and then I'm going to give you one caveat. What I like is that we know what Steve Clifford's strategy was coming into the season, which is I'm going to be brutally honest, but I'm going to show, I'm going to do the work, I'm going to do the research into everyone's game, but but especially LaMelo, and then I'm going to show them you know, w- what the deal is, and then we're going to go from there. And what I like is that LaMelo respects that. That he, that he understands, hey, this guy has put in the work. He wants to make me better. And 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 th- th- I should, we shouldn't take that for granted because I think there are guys that are less mature that would come in and say, well, you, you don't know what I know, and I don't have to, I don't have to hear you out at all. Uh, this is my team. This is, you know, I, I'm a superstar. And, and LaMelo doesn't seem to have that, and he really respects the honesty. He said that before in the NBA TV interview that he did before the season that he really respects Lamella or he really respects Steve Clifford's just forthrightness. Okay, so that's what I like. Here's the caveat though on their relationship. It has not been tested in the fires of actual NBA competitiveness of a playoff series of a team that is has some legitimate hope of making waves. You know, I and as you said, this team has gone through a lot of adversity. There is a lot of context. There, there are a lot of injuries. And so I think Clifford has played it the right way, which is holding a lot of that critique out of the public eye because he understands the stakes aren't very high because the team's not going to compete for a playoff spot. And there, there have been a lot of injuries. So making, the, making certain critiques that he could fairly make He's not making them, even when Ashley Shahamidi is kind of baiting him into it. Think about the fa- all the questions he's gotten about Lamelo's foul trouble. He hasn't been dishonest about it, but he's not he's not putting it under a microscope in a way that I think would be damaging in a season where there is no uh, chance at a playoff spot. There isn't that same competitiveness. So that's the caveat. What happens when these two? have to really sit down and put the microscope on everything because it's about the margins. It's about how do we beat the Celtics? How do we beat the Bucks? You know, we just haven't seen that. And, and that's, that's my only caveat. Well, and there's a, there's a very good shot that we absolutely never do. Right. <laughs> that we never unless, see. Unless this oh, big <laughs> W hat turns into a big Wimby hat. A hundred percent. All right, Doug, what did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that we have to take the keys away from Steve Clifford. He's got these guys playing inspired despite all of the injuries, despite all of the adversity. They've won three out of the last four games. I've been warning everyone about this, that Steve Clifford was holding this team together. Again, look at that LaMelo interview. He he is holding this team together, and for the good of the long term of this team, they they cannot they cannot afford to be fooled by by this illusion 
of them just playing hard and, and sneaking up on a few teams. They can't be fooled by the illusion. This thing is not going to fundamentally turn into a playoff competitive team. They have to rethink everything, take it down to the studs, explore every opportunity to get some cap room, but but to bring in future talent. And if they don't, I'm really afraid. If they do nothing at the trade deadline, I'm really afraid they're going to end up with the fifth or sixth best uh, lottery odds instead of one of those top three positions. Yeah. All right. That would be that would be depressing. That's a depressing note to end on, but we shall. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. 